Hello and welcome to 99 from 99, the movie podcast where we take you back to the past and cover 99 films or more from the year 1999. I'm your stubborn Kentuckian host, Michael Denniston, joined every week by madman of the airwaves, Ben Zook. Why take a journey to the past? Well, perhaps like you, we've looked out our window and seen the world grow smaller, colder, and scarier. Not here. So sit back, relax, and come back with us to a time when theaters were full, tickets were affordable, and there were so many good movies, you couldn't possibly catch them all. That's what this podcast is here to do. So we hope you take the entire trip with us, 99 episodes on the films from 1999. you to hit me as hard as you can i'm scared to close my eyes i see dead people i believe you have my papler now that i've met you would you object to never seeing me again this is not just a couch it's just our couch take the red pill and i show you how deep the rabbit hole goes leave the light on after bedtime I always thought it'd be better to be a fake somebody, a real nobody. Are we gonna air it? Of course not. What were you like before all this? Wow. So you're a boy. Now what? You want the truth, don't you? I wanna know. Like a long time ago. Got your mother in a world, cause she's not sure if you're a boy or a girl. Hey, Why don't you leave the lady alone? I don't want to trouble here. You gotta be kidding me. You You can't just keep running forever. Nothing can go wrong if we're together. What are you seeing him? Something's totally weird. Rebel, rebel. What's going on? I'm just looking out for you. Rebel, rebel. We can just beam ourselves out there. He's got her brainwashed. Hot trim. Had a dream about you last night. Your face is a mess. Are you or are you not? How could they know? How can they know? So what are you going to tell? I'm going to tell him when I was true. So I had completely forgotten about this movie, which was ironic, uh, because I think, you know, this um, week that this is, you know, definitely the one uh, I enjoyed the most. On on rewatch, or you're saying uh, your initial viewing, you enjoyed it quite a bit? Well, this is a rewatch for me, but... Uh, I like, like I had said at the end of uh, the the episode last week, uh, I basically f- had forgotten uh, everything that happens in it, aside from you know the bare baseline of the story that it was based on a um, a woman with gender identity uh, issues who uh, befalls a great tragedy. Uh, 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 you know, a, 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 you know, a hate crime, and uh, you know, I basically forgotten everything except for the bare bones of the story and the fact that Hillary Swank 
had won the Oscar for this and, you know, and that I considered her at the time. So it was practically a new watch for me. Okay. So the, the stuff that you remembered is the reason that, uh, you know, it took me 20 years to get around to, to watching this one because of the, the details that I knew based on the true story and the very violent and, uh, a uh, tragic end that this person met, uh, you know, not, not something I was really geared up <laughs> to, to see, uh, didn't sound like certainly sort of like a comfort viewing. Um, and, uh, I, I this one just kind of fell, I guess, unfortunately for the film, uh, cause when I'm now finally caught up with it, I actually really liked it. Um, it kind of fell by the wayside for me. It's like, oh, that's the, like you just mentioned, that's the one that Hillary Swank won her first Oscar for. And that was, that was about it. And, um, I don't know if it carried on, uh, as just the film itself, uh, in pop culture. I know just in recent years, it's become, you know, controversial with, uh, I guess a new generation of young people that probably were being born around this time or maybe a few years after, uh, that find this uh, to be like a political hot potato. They find it uh, vile. Uh, if if only if only these people had something to do with all their free time. <laughs> you, <know>? <laughs> <laughs> you mean like uh, Kimberly Pierce, like you know, being inspired by a person's story and decided like, to to bring that to to life? Yeah, on like the anything. Screen? Like you know, like paint, anything. Draw a picture. You know, go go well, for a walk. Uh, or, or you could, or you could spend your, all your time going online and hating on, uh, things, you know, that are not controversial in any way. <laughs> well, I mean, they did, I did look up the article cause that's, uh, when this started happening and I think this has been a few years ago. Uh, yeah, it was at, uh, Oregon's Reed college, uh, from December, 2016. So, uh, cause I remember there was some sort of incident, um, but they, they took your advice, Ben, and they started, uh, you know, putting uh, crayon to, to poster board. And uh, when uh, Miss uh, Pierce came to, to speak at the university, they replaced her, uh, her her little card that she had with her name on it uh, with their own that said, uh, fuck this cis white bitch. So very pleasant, <laughs> um, pleasant folk <laughs> that uh, that hate this movie. And uh Deem it uh, transphobic for not having a uh, transgendered uh, actor uh, in the lead role here. So I, that's, that's where we're at in 2019, I guess, where this one sits in uh, certain circles online. I, I really wish that you would take my advice and, and watch movies that I, that I tell you uh, to watch and everything. Because uh, I do feel no, but at the okay. so so uh, at the end of last week's episode, I mentioned the the movie and play, the boys in the band, that has a very mm. similar reception. It was really you know lauded as you know progressive and and out there for its time. Uh, but but now it is you know there there are people who really hate that that film and and that play. Uh, and, and it is sort of it. It would make an interesting companion piece to uh, Boys Don't Cry because of that. Um, but but I'm going to assume now, you didn't take my my advice. Well, okay. So. Let me let me just uh, a small amount of defense on my part here. Uh, you know, as we've mentioned on this podcast, we have a uh, we have a, a kind of a crunch as far as for Oscar season reliving 1999, and obviously this one we have the the best actress winner. Um, 
And so, yeah, that's uh, I've sort of looked ahead and I'm like, oh, good Lord. That's a lot of 1999 uh, pictures I've got to get to. So, yeah, that one that one goes on the back burner. Um, so I guess this one maybe kind of sits alongside for for what we're doing on the podcast with American Beauty, where we had to spend, I don't know, uh, what, 10, 10 minutes on that episode um, <laughs> going over Kevin Spacey. Uh, and sort of I mean, talking about I, his place. I feel like somehow these two things are not very, you know, equal to each other. Uh, you know, okay, Steven Spielberg, when he made The Color Purple, I, you know, that was controversial because he wasn't a black man. Um, but you look at that movie, and I think it's been widely embraced by people. And I think it's the same thing with Boys Don't Cry. I don't think, well, you know, you necessarily have to be a trans person to uh, direct a moving and uh, uh, largely successful, uh, you know, movie about a trans character. So yeah, I, I don't know. It didn't enter. It just didn't enter into my mindset uh, at all, uh, except to kind of show you. So so you know, like, like Hollywood gets really really bent out of shape these days about, oh, like, you know, we really need to get out there and like get, deliver a message to people and make a difference and everything. Uh, I think Boys Don't Cry is a very sober reminder of how effective Hollywood was at opening people's minds up and doing what the, the, the novel and movie To Kill a Mockingbird talks about, uh, letting you walk a mile in another person's shoes. I, you know, I imagine Boys Don't Cry, you know, was, a, was, was really big for, for a lot of people in, in terms of never having to uh, imagine what it would be like to, to you know, to be Brandon Tina. And uh, that, that was what I was amazed by it uh, for. And, and I'm kinda, I was kind of, I, I did not expect this to hold up. And the reason for that is because Kimberly Pierce's directing career hasn't really gone anywhere. Um, uh, there it is. Well, it's <laughs> true. Usually, waits, waits till later in the episode to get. To, it, to get did you mean did you see filmmakers. stop Did you see Stop Loss? Uh, is that got Channing Tatum? I did not see it. It's a war movie, right? Yes, I rest my case. Uh, you know, her career, <laughs> you know, didn't really go anywhere, and everyone expected it to because this was such a big film in 1999. Uh, same thing with Hilary Swank, you know, even though she ends up winning another Oscar after this movie, she is like the comparison I've heard, which I think is pretty fair is that she's sort of like Glenda Jackson in that, you know, she, she wins two Oscars very close to each other uh, early on in her career. And at this point hasn't really had a starring role, uh, you know, like I can't remember. I can't. I, I can't remember what her last starring role was. Mm, yeah, um, off the top of my head, I mean, this one's like you know, eight or nine years ago. So it's just you know, making your case. Uh, Conviction with Sam Rockwell. Yep. I think is <laughs> the last lead uh, performance I remember from her. Um, and I mean, you could be right, but um, it's a little bit. I mean, it's a more successful version of uh, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Right where. Um, I feel like maybe just those two, those dual Oscar performances, like Conviction is the one that comes to mind, where it's sort of Oscar Beatty, uh, you know, based on a, a true story, um, and then you know, the, a woman in a very sort of desperate situation, um, and yeah, maybe they maybe just missed out on some fun. Um, she wasn't Insomnia, I guess, would have been like the the other one in between there, 
Um, but I don't know. Yeah, looking over her credit list, um, yeah, maybe just missing more popcorn stuff. I, I don't. I don't know. I like the Homesman with Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, you see that I one? like that. Okay, I like that too. And uh, yeah, I, we won't say any more about that. That's a movie people should check out, and they should check it out uh, fresh, uh, especially that one. Uh, but so I don't. So what was your what was your take on Boys Don't Cry? Well, um, you know, since we started with the contra- controversy, I guess I'll I'll uh, I'll try to preface this by saying I'm I'm going somewhere with this point. I don't mean to speak ill of uh, the dead, like a, a real life person here, but the you know you were talking about uh, Hollywood, uh, you know, really patting itself on the back even before they've <laughs> uh, successfully delivered a message. Just like thinking like, all right, we've done our job. And then if it doesn't take, then it's, uh, you know, the dumb Americans fault for, for not accepting it. And I think this one could easily veer into that territory. And what I liked most about it was, you know, this character Brandon here, um, is oftentimes pretty dumb and a, like a young person's way, like a young person that's sort of enthralled with like being young and reckless. And I don't think the film, shies away from that like you have this uh, i believe the opening sequence uh is him being chased and then crashing at this friend's place and the friend is sort of like the you know i guess the greek course of the film like you basically you need to get your act together like you know if you, if you do this you're going to uh, go to jail uh you're going to get yourself seriously hurt and you know what basically are you thinking you know just even like a handful uh of days you know down the line here, like at what's going to happen. And there's sort of like an infectious, but reckless energy to the character that I really liked. Like it did remind me of, uh, you know, something like, like classic films, like uh, rebel without a cause where, you know, it's just a, not just a slice of life, but it's a slice of a particular moment where uh, you can be young and foolish and really uh, exuberant about like this crush that you have that, you know, may or may not have any like actual merit to it yet. Um, and that's, that, that's what surprised me was how much, um, I guess just how much joy and energy there is for long stretches of the film, uh, before you get into, you know, the inevitable, uh, violence, um, and the, the, the true story aspects of it, as far as what happens to this, this young person. Uh, and I didn't expect that. I didn't expect it. And I, I, I thought it was, like I like I said, we started talking about the response to it, not really just as a movie, um, but this you know developing uh, um, politics, I guess you know that have changed and evolved over the last two decades. But I think it really just works. It just works as a movie about young love, really, um, and that that really caught me off guard. I'm glad we're in agreement on, on this one. Unlike you know American Beauty. Um, and <laughs> which I liked, <laughs> I said was entertaining and funny. And I was condemned for that, for not bowing Cond- down to uh, yes, Sam Mendes. Yes, you were, yes, you were con- the right word condemned. Um, so, and I, and I like what you said here. Cause, cause I think, I think one of the problems with the way that, uh, Hollywood often portrays gay characters is that they're afraid to let them have flaws to let them be well-rounded human beings and to show them making a mistake. They're often portrayed as saints or, or just as very flat, uh, you know, like, like very one-dimensional uh, people. And it really doesn't, 
it doesn't create like a three-dimensional human being for you if you do that. And one of the things that really works about Boys Don't Cry is that, like you said, Brandon Tina is like a full three-dimensional human being who makes a lot of mistakes and who you're often watching, uh, you, you know, make these mistakes and do these wrong things and everything. And, and, and you want to scream uh, at him and say, and just say, no, you're going to, you know, like, because you see what's coming. Brandon, what's going on? Y'all have the truth, don't you? It, it, it sounds a lot more complicated than it is. Um, do you have any water? Because my I'm really, my voice is dry. Um, I'm a rampadite. What? Come here. It's a person who has both girl and boy parts. Brandon's real name's Tina Brandon. Well, see, Brandon's not quite a he. Brandon's more like a shut up. It's your business. Look, I don't care if you're half monkey or half ape. I'm getting you out of here. Uh, and, and, you know, and I think Kimberly Pierce made the right decision to, to approach it that way. Uh, and, and Hillary Swank did as well. And uh, I, I don't know exactly... Uh, where where else we take this, but I guess I would just say this is like one of those movies for me that it it it, it completes that illusion that uh, that movies should for you. Like you're watching this, and I'm not watching Hillary Swank uh, play this guy. Uh, you know, I'm I'm I, like I'm believing all the characters in the moment. Uh, in terms of what they're doing, like I'm seeing Brandon Tina up on screen. It's really like it's just one of those like hard to pin down things. And I do think maybe a big part of it, uh, just like with Sam Mendes' uh, American Beauty work, uh, you know, some of this I think was probably just sheer luck uh, that they were able to pull this off. And uh, I don't know. I hope I hope you know people's viewpoints don't keep them from checking this one out because, uh, you know, I was, I was, I was really pleasantly surprised. Uh, and, uh, so, uh, yeah, where, where do we take this it's, from here? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I, I was, if I had seen it, uh, as a, as a young man, as a teenager upon its release, I would have assumed, uh, that if I'd had this positive reaction to it, uh, which still would have been a little bit different. I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have thought, uh, that Brandon here is that foolish because I would have been, uh, you know, close enough in age where I wouldn't have thought that there was anything too reckless with, you know, just going to this strange place, uh, with these strange people and getting drunk and just hanging out. Um, probably would have like aspired to like, you know, have like, you know, one of those nights or weekends and, and found it cool. Whereas now there's that, that uh, element of danger and I guess nostalgia to it um, looking at it as a much older person. Um, but <laughs> I think if I had been excited about it and tried to get people to watch it, I would have bumped heads with maybe some more, you know, uh, conservative adults uh, who would not have expressed interest in it uh, because of, you know, the, the story or the, I guess the people that uh, they're telling a story about. And now it's funny in, in 2019 that it would be like this super, you know, progressive types that think this is like, you know, one of the, the worst things ever put on screen. And it's just, it's just weird how that, you know, the, the worm turns there um, now, I, because <laughs> now I feel like 
a conservative old man like coming to it late thinking like, well, this is great. This is like a, a great like, you know, story of youth and uh, rebellion and uh, and then now it seems like you're, you know, you are going to your, you know, local uh, chapter of uh, like a Republicans meeting uh, after you watch Boys Don't Cry. <laughs> I mean, I think we're getting a little hyperbolic, but I, I don't uh... know, man. <laughs> I'm reading some of the nice uh, welcome uh, signs that uh, well, Miss Pierce got at that college, and I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I think I probably need to catch up with some of the the hyperbole from these young people. They, they they are characters who are from uh, uh, you know the Midwest and everything and you know a part of the country that tends to to get a, get get easily ignored uh, and easily kind of painted over uh, you know you're kind of like you're part of the country uh, mm-hmm. you know and yep. so <laughs> people like to paint with broad uh, brushes and just kind of ignore and pretend like uh, like there aren't gay people in in these states or these cities and everything and so I could see that being uh I, I yeah i could see people just kind of offhandedly ignoring this in, in the same way that maybe they people have turned against brokeback mountain a bit uh which is another film i you know i really love and i would kind of have to have to say that uh boys don't cry is uh is quite up there at least in terms of like movies that are about this subject matter about these types of characters and everything um you know that's one i'd like to rewatch because i think i've we've never had like a conversation about it but i remember kind of briefly saying that I didn't really have like the most positive reaction to it or uh, watching that one theatrically. I was like, well, that's, it was good, but like, Oh, that's, you know, it's like a sappy love story. Like that's, that's not really for me. I don't usually go for like that, you know, that strong of like these like decades long romance. But now I wonder uh, as an older person, uh, if I would uh, gravitate more towards those feelings or be more forgiving of it. Whereas uh, when I was younger, um, not for political reasons, but I thought uh, Brokeback Mountain, you know, I, th- I thought it had this air of like uh, being uncool. Like it was mm-hmm. something that that would be like, you know, if if we could get past the, you know, the fact that it was about two gay men, then I would be like, I could easily see my grandmother at the time, like, uh, you know, that being something she really liked because she liked those type of stories. But as I said, with Boys Don't Cry, you know, then that would have been seen as edgy. Um, so I, I don't know. I've, I've not watched Brokeback Mountain in years, but I probably should give that one another go because I've really responded strongly to this one. I look forward to condemning uh, your opinions <laughs> on on Brokeback Mountain one of these days. And uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where else we take this. I mean, the, the, the performance here by, I, I, I will say, I think uh, Chloe Sevigny, uh, her her performance here, which was also Oscar nominated, uh, probably hasn't aged quite as well as, as Hilary Swank says. It's a difficult part. I yeah, think. we don't really get let in to her emotions or thought process. Like like you spend most of the film wondering if her if Lana if her character knows that uh, Brandon is is, is trans. Um, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And so when you get to that point, you're not exactly sure, you know, and apparently that was one of the areas where they took a lot of dramatic license and everything in, in terms of making her a more, you know, likable character, which I can understand why they would want to, um, cause apparently she wasn't that, you know, uh, nice, uh, to Brandon, um, in real life. So... Yeah, and Swank, I mean, is really, you know, it is it is a really terrific performance, and you do just wonder how how an actress can can basically come out of nowhere 
and and you know and deliver something like this at at this age uh that feels so lived in and authentic and fully fleshed out uh i she was relatively i mean she wasn't unknown she was like a working actress but it's i think i think like even i forgot like that she wasn't like like you know hillary swank like you know well-regarded actress for her time then like i i don't know what was her biggest film was it like the next Karate Kid or something. Like okay, before, yeah, before that cry. would be it. <laughs> I knew there was one thing in there, that, mm-hmm. but I couldn't remember what it was. And and yeah, I hadn't seen that at this point. So, um, and I don't think many people did see that. It was kind of it was it wasn't very successful. Um, so still unknown. I mean, as for for audiences, <laughs> like yeah, in, like, I'm, that would be the the weird uh, crossover effect if you had like diehard next Karate Kid fans. They were like, well, let's let's see, let's see if she can play like take on like more serious subject here. But uh, I think this one, I don't know, Million Dollar Baby probably has done like a disservice to it because I feel like sure. this one yeah. you know, just gets lumped in. Mm-hmm. With the, like it's like oh, those you know, Hillary Swank, yeah, good actress, but um, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe if she hadn't won for the, the Eastwood movie, uh, this one would would be more well regarded or more iconic in some way uh, as opposed to like this little double that she had in. Uh, pretty quick succession and it i think it's sad in terms of what you're talking about in regards to the reception because i think the because because ultimately what ends up happening is that there there's no there's no real cross-section um you know to come to this movie at this point because you know the the, the, let's just say the liberals or whatever uh, are are, (laughs) you you know are probably uh too too liberal for it and then like the conservatives are too conservative for it uh, you know, who is really going to, going to discover it at this point. Um, and then the ultimate, it, it's like, you can't really win a lot of times when, when you bring movies like this to the screen, uh, like no matter what you do there, there will be someone who will find a way to, uh, to see it as controversial. Uh, y- y- you know, I mean, like if someone were to criticize something specific in the film that they thought, was unfair to trans people besides the casting, besides uh, Kimberly Pierce, uh, her identity. Um, you know, I mean, I, like, like, I don't think it's fair to, to do that. Uh, y- you know, I mean, I th- yeah. So if, if, if you can criticize something specific within the movie that you think doesn't work, I'd be open to hearing that. I'm not open to hearing that a, you know, that a non-trans person can't make a movie about a trans character. I mean, I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I guess a blue dog Democrat here in Kentucky <laughs> where I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm up for trans filmmakers, uh, making films that are not about their identity. I mean, I'm cool with them making a, a Spider-Man movie, uh, if they want and probably prefer that uh, as well. Like I, 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 I don't understand this, this need to have this one-to-one relationship, um, with your art, you're, you're removing like a sense of discovery, uh, with this. And, and I, I think you lend yourself to removing that for the audience as well. Um, because, you know, Kimberly Pierce, from what I read, like, you know, she was really inspired, um, by this story. I, I think she, you know, old fashioned came across it, I think in a newspaper, uh, article and, you know, for whatever reason she decided to see it through. I think this was based on, did she do a short film? before like kind of on the subject matter and then extended it um but yes if we're <laughs> if we're going to get to that point you um uh, you do run the risk of you know not seeing 
any of these type of stories because I, I, I find it troubling that we're meant to doubt like, you know, her passion for this story, for bringing this to the screen. I mean, as you, as you said, it's not like uh, Kimberly Pierce is like knocking them out uh, left <laughs> and right after this. And that, that is like an area like where we've even discussed, like, you know, you know, female directors or just filmmakers in general is like probably unfairly don't get to shake off, you know, one, one misfire as much with, uh, with men. And, uh, so yeah, like this, this, this new <laughs> modern era of, I guess, progressives eating themselves, uh, and attacking themselves. Um, I, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely troubling. I, I think it's just going to lend itself to, uh, a lot of conservative safe art, and, um, you know, that's the, where, where no one is uh, stepping on anyone's toes or telling any stories outside of the, the confines of what they've experienced. I, I would think pride would be kind of like the example of, of what would be acceptable, uh, like an acceptable version of this. Uh, and I don't know if you saw that movie. It was about, uh, God, it was about like there's some gay people in Ireland and they were striking but they but the but the irish miners didn't want them to strike because oh, yeah. they were gay and yeah, yeah, and it I was a real that. like it was a real cheesy uh it, it was a grandmother movie it was yeah it's like it was like your grandmother's <laughs> lgbt uh, gotcha. uh movie yeah. and and yeah man I, I mean it's it would be really sad if movies like brave movies like boys don't cry that are so raw you know, and 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 bear, laid bare. Uh, you know, just just get cast aside uh, for in favor of of movies like Pride. Uh, and then I was trying. I, I had another good example. Okay, uh, that that movie from a few years ago that was shot on an iPhone, uh, Tangerine. Mm. Um, you know, I mean. Like I'm thinking back on Tangerine, and it's like I would rather someone put a gun to my head than have to watch it again. And it's just so like those characters in Tangerine were so unlikable. You, you felt so distant from what they were doing. You couldn't really half the time understand why characters were doing, uh, you, you know, what they were. And, and it's like to compare, you know, like that to this. It's just so. Uh, it's so very sad to think that, you know, basically the more acceptable uh, 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 movie about these characters is one that's horrible and, and unwatchable, um, <laughs> you know, for, for most people. Uh, you, know, you know, I don't, I don't, see, I don't, see, I don't see a lot of good coming from that. Well, that's a nice positive note. There you go. On. <laughs> but we both really like the movie. So how about that? That's, you know. Um, yeah, I would, uh, I would probably would watch this one again, uh, pretty quickly. Cause I was, I was kind of shocked at how much I, I got into it. Um, but what, uh, what do we have coming up next, Ben? Uh, uh I'm assuming something different, something, <laughs> not, you know, there were, there were so many, uh, films on the trans community, uh, to pick from that are, that are better than boys don't cry. I'm, I'm assuming that the very next week there was another one, a nope. better version. <laughs> nope. oh, oh, damn it. All right. So, Okay. Uh, not, not a lemon, but, uh, oh, uh, is this how you're introducing the limey this way? <laughs> oh no, Ben. Oh, well, you, you know, you know, you kept complaining. You kept complaining <laughs> that my hands were too hard and now I make it easy and you're complaining about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the next movie is the limey directed by Steven Soderbergh starring, uh, Terrence Stamp and a few other people. 
And uh, yeah, this is one I've seen. <laughs> I have as well. I, I'm pretty sure that it did not come to my neck of woods, but I remember bu- purchasing it on DVD for probably well over $20 uh, at the, the time of its release uh, and really enjoying it. So we'll see, uh, see how it's aged because it's, it's been a while since I've checked this one out. And if you'd like to continue the conversation with us, feel free to do so on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at 99from99. Ah.